Good morning, Cam. Good morning, Kaylin. How are you? I'm I'm pretty good. How are you? Good. Happy Father's Day. Not to you, but to people who are fathers or celebrating their fathers or father figures. Yes. Well said. Happy Father's Day, dad, <laughs> if you will. Whoever that is. Is yeah. it mine or yours or, you know. Are you doing anything today or in the world of social distancing? It's... Um, honestly, we were trying to get back to Ottawa or we wanted to get back to Ottawa to see family this weekend, but uh, it, at the exact you know, same time that my one like week of the year where I have a contract uh, that has an actual deadline, uh, ah. I've been needing to focus on that. Um, so bit of a bummer. We're going to try and go probably this week or next though. Yeah. Got it. Did you, I, I was like having the, I mean, I, I went out of the city yesterday, but I was having, so I don't know if you've looked into rentals or not, but I had a lot of like, it's really hard to find rentals right now because the places are really open from like nine to 12. So you almost like have to keep it overnight. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But I think that would make sense if you're going to Ottawa. Yeah, I probably would do overnight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I like used. Um, hey, dad. Bye. <laughs> I used Turo yesterday, which is like, a, yeah, like yeah. an Airbnb for cars. It was the first time I used it. It was a pretty good experience, actually. Airbnb for cars. So you sleep in the car. Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> no, but <laughs> Just like cheaper than you actually hotel. like go and pick it up from like a human, you know, who owns the car. And yeah, yeah I did like it once. Model. Oh, you did. Yeah. You have to take so many pictures. Did yes. you have to do that? So nah, many pictures of the car. Really? <laughs> Uh, well, like just... the girl took all the photos first and she's like, you can just review the photos if you want. So you don't have to ah. retake them. So I reviewed them and I was like, okay. Mine didn't um, let me do that. Yeah. We and then both same, were going same on the way back. Like she like ran shoot. out and was like taking photos. So I was like, okay, well. People must have thought when we were doing it, like, why are they taking photos of this like <laughs> mediocre, like Mazda? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's that's a Lamborghini. So like everyone's just fucking. I never thought about that. But it. yeah, that's very funny. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, it was, it was a, it was a good experience. I like, I don't particularly like driving in and out of the city because I don't like highways and things like that, but it was good. It was fine. I, um, distraction point but like you keep putting your arm up and it, it has this like uh i don't know what do you call that a like, scrunchie a scrunchie yeah but it looks like it's part of your shirt like it's a shakespearean <laughs> kind of outfit that you have because it's like matching your shirt so i mean um, yeah i guess this plays in, I, i'm just gonna tell you about my yesterday because it's related to the scrunchie anyways <laughs> i it was what my childhood best friend's birthday so they were having kind of like a socially distant gathering in barry and two people brought a pinata and this was one of the scrunchie that people can't see but i'm holding up was a prize from the pinata so that's oh, wow. how i've obtained this healthy pinata not like <laughs> i mean there's uh, also candy like oh, lots of okay. pixie sticks but i got a scrunchie that's it. yeah you gotta have the scrunchies in there exactly what's going on with you <sighs> not too much um yeah, honestly, just like since we last spoke, I've been pretty much focused on this contract um, that is kind of like some uh, someone reached out on LinkedIn. I didn't know who they were, but they um, they run a trademark software company. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think it's like a trademark <coughs> law firm uh, that's kind of like pivoting or maybe like one of their founders is like turning it into um, almost like a productized service where it's, uh, you know, kind of getting you trademarks for your logos and your names and uh, like your company names or your taglines and those things. And, uh, and so they're rebuilding basically their whole checkout 
flow uh they're rebranding and so i'm i'm building that out uh for them so it's been a really interesting project but yeah with a pretty tight deadline um and so yeah it's just been a lot of work on that i feel like i don't know um checkouts man it's it's like there's a lot to do (laughs) and like it looks like oh just add a couple things to the cart and then you're good to go but like anytime you have to deal with payments and credit card processing obviously i don't do that well not obviously some people do but like um i hand that off to stripe to actually manage that but there's still a whole bunch of hoop jumping you have to do to to code this properly so yeah was it helpful that you just did the shopping cart for beer finder or like how closely related were the projects you know what that's kind of why i took it uh i was like I'm in this headspace right now. So um, we'll just do it similar to that. And it turned out not to be very helpful because we had to completely do it a different way. Stripe is like, you know, it's very impressive. They have these, this documentation of like APIs um, for like how to use their, how to use their um, coding packages. Um, And, and then like, they look very exhaustive or expansive but yeah then you get into working with it and it's like one of their products is missing this thing from the other one and like you can't do this or that so you know um basically what i wanted to do like i did with beer finder is like have it so they kind of like fill out some details but then they get redirected to a hosted uh checkout where they can actually process the payment on stripes website which is kind of common but there are a lot of challenges uh that made it impossible to do that for this they don't they don't process taxes on one-time payments and if you yeah so you (laughs) they they'll do it for subscriptions which is why i was like oh yeah i can do this because we have to charge different tax based on where they are once they set their province we'll set the tax um but yeah, they don't allow you to. Um, they don't allow you to set tax for a one-time purchase, only for subscriptions. I wonder why that is. It seems so odd. Like there must be some reason, but I'm just so curious what it is. I know. I did honestly. I did like two days of digging on this because it was going to take me like so much time to yeah. go, go and code this other thing. And um, and yeah, they like r- talked to Stripe support. They were like, that's a good idea. Like, we'll put in a request for that. It's <laughs> like, how does nobody need to charge tax? Like, you're yeah, a payments I'm, company. So, yeah, I'm so confused about that. And then, so I guess then you have to do all of the logic around the taxes. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. You're and like so, looking up and doing this all on the server. And yeah, yeah. I was going to say, but then are like, are you pulling the tax rates from like some type of a dynamic API? Because what if like the tax rates change? It's just like, you, you better know. Yeah. You yeah. better know. Yeah. You that's can, super annoying. You can like add an additional service. Like you could uh, um, find another software service to fetch the tax rates each time, but they're pretty steady that like, yeah, I'm not too worried. And at the end of the day, if for a week you have the wrong tax rate, you're basically just going to remit like a different amount of tax as a yeah. business. So yeah. um, I don't think it's like a huge deal, but, um, but it's still, and I was talking with uh, Diego, your partner about this and Shopify has the same thing. Like when oh. you're using their API, like they'll give you the tax rates, um, but they don't have any like automated way of, of, working with them just like apply taxes based on 
postal code or anything. So frustrating. I'm very surprised by that. Like very surprised by that. And I just mm-hmm. feel like there must be some common reason why that's the case, but it's escaping me what it is, especially that they would have it on subscriptions. Yeah. I don't know. Probably not going to solve it today. Yeah. <laughs> I won't yeah. know the answer. So that's just been like one of, of several like interesting challenges around it. And um, I don't know, but like most of the challenges have been like, you know, pretty fun to solve. Um, but just, uh, yeah, the deadline was basically tomorrow for um, for getting this out. And um, yeah, they've since given us some more time to like, they wanted to demo it, but they're giving us a little bit more time. And so cool. um, I say us as in I have a friend who's who's helping me on it. Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask who us was. Okay, got it. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Like it, the, the one thing I'll say is like it's been eating up so much of my time that it's like um, trying because it's basically been full time on this. And so trying to focus on beer finder stuff as well has been like near impossible to do um, to do well. So I kind of just told every, anyone I'm working with on on that like, hey, I'm probably going to be pretty unavailable, but just hit me up with any questions this week. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm realizing, you know, just how challenging it is to, I don't know, do everything all at once. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's less than ideal, but obviously, yeah, do, you know, I can I can take the time now and um, and do this contract and then jump back into it after. Um, yeah, I guess I should follow up to on on where we were with like the sales side of things because that's basically what we were getting ready to do is like we had sent fired off a bunch of emails to breweries and um turns out yeah i don't know necessarily if this is the case but like we didn't get a ton of people you know replying back and in fairness like the email was pretty long because you're kind of sending out all these details and i think there's going to be a lot of following up required regardless but um we um like yeah we also sent it out on the weekend that patios a lot of patios across ontario were opening up and so thinking about the context of like what brewers are going through like they're probably thinking about oh i need to go and build a patio or like get ready to open that or hire staff for it so it's probably less of a time for them to be thinking about like opening up an email to like buy a new service or whatever um and the one thing that you know we're thinking through right now is like um we kind of we're in a bit of a weird or like a hard position now because we put out this email and eventually we want to say like hey you're on this free tier for now but we're gonna have to convert you to the like well the free tier um but you're i guess the way of describing it is like we're giving you extra perks right now like a trial that you didn't ask for and if you want to keep that then like um we got to cut it off at a certain date so we set that for like july 1st i think got it um and and like if we're not getting a lot of people picking that up, like we would need at least like 20 to 30 breweries for it to like make the site not feel like a, ter- a terrible user experience. Um, yeah. It'll be very disjointed. And so we're kind of uh, we might have to back off of that date and just say like, you know, hey, we we understand now is probably not the time that um, you're thinking too much about like 
maybe spending money like we're in the middle of a recession and yeah or you know maybe not technically i don't know where we're at with that but we're in hard times in the middle of a pandemic and you're also trying to open up your patios and this and that and so you know we might need to just say like we're gonna keep this going for a while and if you want to pay for like one of the higher tiers let's talk about that like if you really want to be featured at the top but we're gonna you know keep giving you the same functionality so it kind of you know feels a bit like back like taking i don't know walking uh, i don't know even a, a good expression but like we're kind of um like walking back what you said essentially walking back what we said that is yeah. a good way to put it's, it it's uh it's interesting i was thinking as you were speaking like um you know we're talking about these these breweries who have this current feature set right now and i was curious like you know if do are all of the breweries aware of what traffic has been driven by you or is that like most people just like it's not really something they're aware of i think you're right that they probably don't know how much has been um driven and some of them could easily check their analytics yeah, yeah. i just i thought like a cool like I know you've done kind of your intro emails already, but I thought like a cool way of framing that would be like, if you could automate from your analytics, like, you know, 250 visitors to your site came from beer finder last month. Like want to keep that stream going or like, obviously like I'm not a copywriter, so that does never copy what I just said, but you get the idea (laughs) of what I'm saying. Like, Hey, this is a current benefit you have. Do you like interested in like keeping that up kind of thing? You know what I mean? Um, Cause then it's like, you're actually, uh, you're really like propositioning that something is going to be taken away from them, like a stream of traffic. Right. And then mm-hmm. I was also thinking, and I don't know how this pans out. I know that you kind of are approaching all breweries on different tiers, but I wonder if it's just like once people hit like a certain amount of traffic flowing through at that point, it's like either you like, you know, pay for the service or, you know, you, you lose the functionality of like click through. I know that's obviously like, much more complicated than what you're trying to do right now. I'm just Mm -hmm. trying to think of like, I don't know, potential different ways that that could map out because yeah, I mean, I I don't know if this is the case, but are there breweries that you're pitching a solution to where they're like really not getting the traffic that would justify it? Yeah. I mean, I think some of them probably like if a if a brewery has like two SKUs and they're not, and they're like low on the list, you know, uh, if they only have two IPAs. So when you search IPA, they're at the very bottom, which is part of what we're trying to say is like, right, right. we can put you towards Prior the top. Position. So some of it is, some of it is not dependent on the traffic that you've had. A lot of what we've actually seen success with, with the people that have been like, you know, or the breweries that were like, yeah, sign me up as like talking about a case study, like yeah. our case study that we did with collective arts to say like, this went really well for them. Um, we sent them this many sales in two weeks. Um, and so kind of like referencing that. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, for the ones that we are kind of sending a lot of traffic to probably should just include those numbers in our follow-ups with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's interesting, right? Because you have these interest, these cool statistics of actually being able to increase traffic flow. So, you know, you know, approximately what percentage you've been able to increase them by. And you have stats on how much traffic you've been referring to people. So there's probably a group of candidates that like at the current traffic level, the subscription makes sense, but you can also easily represent that like, you know, Hey, we're sending you this much right now. Our customers who have, you know, um, used this highest tier increase their traffic by X percent. Wouldn't you like to get X amount of visitors per month? Right. Just like, I don't know. I feel like 
it becomes very enticing at that point or maybe more enticing. I don't know. I think it's being able to see that tangible benefit. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that, but it's just kind of what's going through my head right now. I think um, there's there's a point of like narrowing in on like who is our kind of who are the prime targets of like people that this is going to be valuable for and and um you know there's just also a simple fact is like a lot of these breweries like some of them are not hurting for sales um some of them are selling everything out really quickly and so they don't like they're not really too worried about like getting some extra sales like their biggest challenge is probably more in some logistics or hiring or something you know so so there's that i think where we um so we've been trying to get kind of this profile going of like of the people that we have on the site or don't have on the site because that's another thing it's like we still get emails of people who are not on the site wanting to be on and so there's almost i think there's part of it is like the cognitive um i don't know aspect of like i'm not on the site so i will give you the chance to like pitch me on it versus like i'm already on here so like we've already seen we've like had people you know reach out and we're like hey yeah we'll put you on the site you know as a favor quickly but let's talk you know we're it's going to convert to a paid thing and they're like yeah yeah i get it i get it and then like you know call them back up and it's like no answer like doesn't get back to yeah maybe like like you should not at this point put anyone else on for free like yeah we're kind of we've been holding like we've been in a holding pattern on that for a bit and it's uh mainly because yeah again walking back it's like hard to say like hey you've got this like now we take it away and you know it's not like a a great practice but um we do still i'm even you know considering should we even have this free tier um which is basically just we won't link to their website because it makes the user experience worse i know Um, it's tricky it almost feels like it should be you're on the site or you're off the site but it's that tricky thing where you need the critical mass for other people to want to be on the site. Right. Like, yeah. And so, I mean, a whole part of me wants to just like make everyone on the site and like put all the beers on there and make this thing as good as possible. And like, I don't know, worry about like the finances later. Um, but there there needs to be some sort of plan. And like we've at least we're trying this monetization plan from the brewery side of things. Yeah. I don't think that this is something I was listening to a really good podcast yesterday, an indie hackers podcast with um, someone who runs an email newsletter, Scott's yeah. Cheap Flights. Yeah. And the members pay fifty yeah. bucks a year. Or they have a free version, but then they have a member's version too. And they pay 50 bucks a year. But that's because, you know, it could save them, you know, X dollars over like on a flight um, if they find a cheap flight. I don't think that our end users, like the people who are looking to buy beer, are necessarily going to want to like pay for this service. I think the one that it's more valuable to is like we're making money for the brewery we're not really saving money for the customer we're just making something a bit easier for them um so yeah i don't know it's like i feel like the natural point the natural place where the money should come from is the brewery i feel like the most logical place and point for that to come from is a percentage 
of sales, a percentage of click through with people who want to add on like additional prioritization within search results. You know, that's like, that's when like plans and tiers come in. It's essentially advertising. Right. But at minimum that like everyone on the site, there is like, you know, like essentially like referral revenue. But I think I know we touched on this before. The tricky part is figuring out how you set that up. Um, Yeah. And I think it becomes like way too high touch, like not really scalable. If you have uh, like a hundred breweries that you have to go knock on their door each month because we can't actually take the payment on our side. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Because like in Ontario, the liquor board has to, or it has to be a licensed, um, like brewer basically has yeah. to take the sale. Yeah. Or restaurants now that, you know, we'd have to set up as a restaurant in some way and like go and buy, but it's a, such a, it would be such a shift. to. to and at this that. point, it's the same type of conversation as trying to get somebody to sign onto a plan. You know, you're, you're saying like, okay, now you should give me a referral code or you know what I mean? Whatever it Mm -hmm. is, like you still need action on their part. Otherwise they are just existing for free, like in the. And I think you're right though. I think that would actually be easier to sell them or to pitch them. I think people are wary of like having an added ongoing monthly cost, even though it's like, we are very much like you can pay month to month. You can cancel in two months if you want, you know, you can cancel whenever you like, but the, you know, the thought of just adding another price or like another thing to pay right now might be really difficult in this time that we're in uh, for people though. If it's going to solve a problem that you are having, then you'll probably take a chance. And we've seen a couple of rules that are like, yes. So I think we again need to focus more on narrowing in on who those are and then just assess if that's viable. So maybe like maybe it ends up being that, you know, the site is, primarily funded by some of the bigger breweries um, in terms of like how it's monetized and you know it helps lift the little like smaller breweries and once they get to a point of wanting to um, also be featured or whatever then then we can have that conversation well I guess the question is and it, it goes back to I guess how I think most traditional directories work can you bring in enough money from the people who are advertising such that you can have a bunch of people on there for free as well, right? I mean, I, I am assuming, again, this is like quite an assumption, that that's how something like Yelp works. You know, anyone can be on Yelp, but like they're able to exist as a business. Well, A, because I think they kind of like are like a mob, but in addition to that, because like they, it's it's large, like large businesses who are paying for that advertising, which is really driving it, right? Like, um, yeah, so maybe that's like a question to map out to and kind of like, you know, how many advertisers, how many brewer, like we have X amount of breweries in Ontario. What percentage of them would we need to do advertising at what tiers for this to be reasonable? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like the money coming in for it. Yeah. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're going to roll with what we have for at least a bit and try, yeah. you know, try this approach. Cause we do think like, we do think th- anyone that we've gotten on the phone with, they're like, oh yeah, this makes sense. And there's a few different options. So like we can, you know, try one on and like see how it goes. And I, I'm, you know, truly, I truly do believe that each of the plans like can give the value that you're looking at, that you're kind of like, 
as long as that's what you want right now if yeah. that's like of interest but i it's like the part of grabbing people's attention right now is the the hard part so um yeah i mean i think so you said that your date was july 1st and i i get the feeling that you're feeling like you don't have enough people signed on that you could just remove everyone else but like I don't know. Maybe those types of emails that's just like, sorry to see you go. Like, as in like, you know what I mean? And like, a few like four days beforehand and see what that does. I don't know if like that type of a pressure where they're like, Oh, I'm like, I'm being removed from the site now, uh, mm-hmm. would provide more traction or not. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I, I hate like those games that you For end sure. up playing, but it is, um, it's something to think about. Um, because yeah it's just how do we convert over i think i i don't know i got more to think on this yeah yeah Yeah, that's fair cool so that yeah that's my world uh, (laughs) these days what about you what's going on yeah uh on my side so um yeah work has been really good um i've primarily like been embedded in one team since i started my job at ecobee and i'm kind of winding down on that now um, yeah, they're, they're a really great team. They're, they're doing very well. Lots of things have improved. I would say a lot since we've all started working together. Um, they're a very eager bunch. I think it's one of those things where there's always room for improvement, but the nature of my job and the organization I work in is like really helping people who are in like tough, tough spots and getting mm-hmm. them kind of like trending in a good direction. Um, but not staying with that team permanently. So, um, looking like probably- maximize your impact. Exactly. Like the idea is like to get, I don't know, they have this like idea of leave like as soon as possible, but not earlier. So when either when like specific requests that they've had have been fulfilled and they're trending in the right direction, then we start departing um, or like when their overall metrics start trending or essentially it becomes obvious to me when uh, my utility, like I have less and less utility on a team. Like they're really owning things and driving it themselves. And I become a lot more silent in conversations. It becomes obvious that they're in like a good point right now. Like they've, they've increased a decent amount and it might be the case that, you know, they, they, they're plateauing a little bit or whatever it is, but they might run into some like additional like complications or difficulties in a few months. And you can come back in and kind of work on getting to that next level. But I think where they're at right now is quite good. So I'm looking at um, taking on like, uh, or like moving primarily to another squad right now, which is, which is interesting. Um, so just trying to figure out what squad that will be, but there's like a couple options on the table um some which are very interesting to me but i could talk a little bit more about it when i actually get assigned because i don't know some of this information is stuff that i don't know what i can like really say outside of work unfortunately um so so i've been trying to figure that stuff out and then um in addition to that so because my week has been a bit lighter this week i worked on like a lot of metrics automation and stuff like that which has been super fun so um just like automating grabbing a bunch of data from jira and like exporting that and it being kind of available in a dashboard to um whoever really wants it um so i don't know if you're familiar with the accelerate metrics but they're like devops metrics um which our organization is like very focused on collecting for everyone right now um there's a book called accelerate it's 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 pretty interesting um yeah i would recommend it to anyone who's interested in those kinds of metrics. So just try to automate the stuff that we can from Jira and then like some other stuff comes from other systems. But 
Um, that's primarily what I've been working on within work this week. Um, and then otherwise, yeah, I, I was responsible for the initiative of like running health checks for the organization or organizing that. So those are all wrapping up now. Um, and that was my first time kind of, um, being responsible for a larger initiative across the organization. So, um, yeah, it's, it's always interesting coming into a new place and trying to navigate, you know, uh, the whole organization or like something that's org wide and getting that done and seeing the results. So a lot of learnings and you, you definitely learn like more and more about the intricacies of an organization and kind of how it functions and ticks the longer you've been there, because I've been there since what February now. Um, so I feel like I'm like settling in at this point, um, but still learning a lot, which has been good. Yeah, uh, and a, a health check, I guess like oh, right, is, good point. is mainly kind of like a, I guess it speaks for itself, but kind of like a pulse of where the different teams are at feeling on a variety of metrics, I guess. Like, uh, I don't know if that's like, if the metrics are, you know, private to Ecobee or if it's like more industry standard in terms of like what you measure. Um, yeah. So it's, I would say in general, it's pretty industry standard. And so basically there's like a, let's say generally a set of maybe 10 different areas, like, um, how are you feeling about your like vision and mission? How are you feeling about fun? How are you feeling about like ease of release on the team? Um, just like a bunch of different areas that team will be able to basically like have teams rate how they're feeling and facilitate a discussion around that. But actually, um, and if anybody wants to read more about it, I think Spotify, like their article on health checks is the one that most people use and, and replicate in terms of how they do health checks. So there's like the Spotify health check model, which is quite similar to how um, we do it. But actually this round of health checks, we basically just completely, I'm not going to say blew that up, but kind of, and really focused on uh, doing a health check around culture. So um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's interesting to some people, but um, for background, agile in general, like, the backbone of it is that it's stemmed in these like 12 values and four principles. And so when you're in an agile organization, it's really this idea of like encouraging people to live and work and make decisions by these principles. So what we did in this exercise was actually try to understand how those principles map to different cultures. So we mm -hmm. use like a, a culture model called the Schneider culture model, which there's four dominant cultures that are identified in an organization. Those being, um, uh, collaboration, control, cultivation, and competence. And so the idea was that there's these, these four dominant cultures and organizations. None is necessarily better than the other, but different workplaces have different cultures and different cultures make sense for different reasons. So the idea was understanding how those agile principles map to culture. Therefore, like if we're encouraging these principles, what type of a culture are we encouraging? And does that culture make sense for like the squad in question that we're talking with? Like, is that something that they see on their squad? Is that something they want to work towards? Or is that something that they like don't identify with wanting at all? Um, mm -hmm. So the idea here being mapping culture within squads and mapping culture across the organization. So we have an idea of, yeah, like how to work with, with different squads and how to work across the organization, because you really want to take actions that are like complementary to the cultures that people have in different teams. Um, otherwise it's really hard to get um, anything done. If you're just assuming they should have a very agile culture, you know, or like that they should be trending towards certain like of these four quadrants, but they're not, it's, it's hard to make change. So anyways, that was like um, why this one definitely brought a lot of learnings. It was just a completely, it wasn't really a health check. It was more of like a culture exercise, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, it was quite interesting. 
Yeah, that's cool. It's definitely... Uh, I haven't been so close to like these types of things since Ecobee because I've been in like smaller organizations. Um, and so... But yeah, you, like you definitely get to the point where you need to have these things or it's so easy to let things kind of um, not go off the rails in necessarily, but they, if you're not intentional about this stuff, then it will just take shape of its own and it's easy to lose track or lose sight of like where different teams are at, or you can have many, many different cultures forming within your organization that like, uh, I guess that's probably naturally going to happen to a point, but also just, you know, knowing where, where things are at so that you can action on them. It's, it's pretty interesting. I think, yeah, I've, I went through a couple of those when I was at Ecobee and it was, um, it was a good exercise, especially seeing that the organization was like, you know, taking that feedback doing things with it afterwards and makes you feel again, like pretty good about the place that you're working at because they're actually like listening to the, uh, to the feedback that you provide. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, it, it's been very interesting. And for me, it's also like quite a transition because I haven't done that stuff probably or like, and still not the same type of stuff, but those types of exercises or ask those types of, or had those types of questions asked of me or around me since I was probably at like me to we, but even then it wasn't really taken like, as seriously. And it wasn't necessarily from a delivery and agile perspective because we had a lot of different departments. Um, mm -hmm. because when you work in a small organization where there's like 12 to 20 of you, you, everybody just kind of knows what the culture is because you're all working together. So it's just very shared. But when it's this, this big and you have kind of isolated teams, um, and we don't have like coaches working in every team, it's important to kind of, um, have those touch bases. So yeah, that was super fun. Um, I really enjoyed it. And, I think what will be interesting is part of the exercise. There's like a survey involved where people actually answer questions and then it outputs to them like what the defined or what like the dominant culture within their team is. So it'll be very curious to see how that maps um, across different squads based on the questions that they answered and then what it looks like um, for the org as a whole, because I think um, mm. there will be some like drastic differences between squads, which will be like your interesting cultural Myers-Briggs assessment yeah yeah that kind of stuff yeah um yeah so that's been work um yeah if People i didn't explain be going around like what's your squad like i'm an infj <laughs> yeah like, yeah <laughs> well like I, yeah i don't know it, it's interesting i think my question also is like do we need all of our squads to be operating within the same culture if we're in the same organization or like at least be dominant in the same culture for them to be able to work together right because mm -hmm while a lot of squads are independent, like there's a lot of interact. I mean, they're not, there's a lot of interaction required between them and our organization. So if you're operating in completely different ways, I can only imagine like, you know, that makes it much more difficult to get work done. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. It kind of speaks to like the challenges of even like sameness versus like diversity and like how you know how that can like foster different cultures or like maybe get better work done or or maybe it like brings up more challenging points but like so things can take longer but you get to a better place at the end so yeah i could see a lot of that coming out of this as well so yeah um and then outside of work so still really keeping up with Spanish. I don't know how Spanish is going for you, but, um, I like this week. I, I keep not doing my homework very well. So I'll just do whatever I want. So this week I was like chatting with our teacher and I'm like, okay, I really need to get it together. And 
every time I get homework, I'm going to put it in the spreadsheet and actually try to get it done. And like, he, he told me this week that I speak at a pace that will no longer be annoying for people. Like I'll just seem cute. I won't like people, <laughs> people won't be like, please just speak English. Um, so that was, maybe it doesn't sound motivating, but that was motivating for me. No, that is, um, I definitely am like baby level still. So it's a road. Annoying. I mean, yeah. and so I really just like want to keep pushing on that. So I, I switched up my class times because I usually have them on Sundays in the middle of the day, which made it, difficult for me to do things um, like in the middle of the day. So mm -hmm. now I'm doing that like two weeknights on Tuesday and Friday after work. So then, and then usually I'll try to like run or work out after that, though I haven't been super great about that. And so what I, what I'm trying to do is because like just keep a consistent chunk across the week of doing work after work for like at least an hour so that mm -hmm. on Tuesdays and Fridays it will be Spanish. And then the other days will be around like programming stuff and development. Um, so I'm going to like try to see if I can keep consistent with that. Um, it's definitely tough to keep sitting in front of a computer after a day at a computer, but I find it harder stepping away and coming back. Um, and I'm just, I'm just not a morning person. I try, but it's not a thing that I am. So uh, I always had the best luck with that, even though I'm also not a morning person. Like I always find it so much easier to start with, the thing if it's gonna be like an hour yeah and i see then, what you're saying you know what i mean like it gets it over with but i am totally with you that i, I like i struggle with that but like if you can bring bring it up that way it's like yeah you get it over with and you're not just gonna give up on your job at like you know halfway through so like yeah you, ideally. you end up like you just have more energy maybe to do it at the start um but I say just do, you know, try yeah. out whatever is going to work for you. Cause it's, so I'm going to try you know. this. I've only like in terms of actually getting up early and having a legit morning routine, I only ever succeeded at that when I lived in Colombia and otherwise like I've just, I struggle with it. Mornings are just rough for me. Um, mm -hmm. but I'm going to try it this way in my mind, like ideally I'm like, I would love to get up early and do it before work. And I just, but I, I don't know. It's just, it doesn't really usually work for me. So I'm going to try it mm -hmm. this way, see how it goes. Um, I was hoping I was thinking about taking on like another course where I actually, you know, did school a couple nights a week. Um, but the one that I want isn't really like happening until August. Which I just think I mentioned last time, but I realized like, a lot of me getting that type of stuff done has to do with like the consistency and the structure of it. So I'm going to try to just implement that around it um, mm -hmm. in my own life and, and doing it three days a week like that. Maybe I'll just try to do it like Monday, Wednesdays and then do like Spanish Tuesday, Fridays and then Thursday is just kind of like a, a free or whatever um, and see how that goes. Yeah. I wonder if I should do Spanish twice a week. Like I feel, you know, just the cadence what you're saying now about just like having a course like keeps you accountable like i've been really bad at just keeping myself accountable on that specific subject like yeah. i've been you know and so if i you know if it forces me to sit down with julio for an hour twice a week to yeah. be like hey uh let's talk and learn spanish for the bit i know it you still need to do stuff outside of that but i i think it could be helpful even so, so. your lessons are an hour long yeah yeah. Yeah. One, I would say like do it twice a week. It, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. And some, I think just, I, yeah, I should mention that like every, like, like 
it's not rare for me to cancel a class. So I probably actually have Spanish 1.5 times a week, but in general, having the like two times a week, I think is like better. Um, yeah. Yeah. I could, I could see that we've, I mean, yeah, we've rescheduled some classes and generally I think, I think we've only ever missed one week since starting actually. Oh, that's good. Um, but I could see with a couple weeks or a couple times a week that that would become challenging. So, yeah, yeah. but like I, I've, I've done it once a week. I've tried it twice a week, I think for like two hours each and it was just too much for me. Um, so then I went down wow. to once a week for two hours. Then I split it out to one hour twice a week, which I think is reasonable for me right now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of those things where like, I'm, I'm probably not progressing as quickly as I could, but I'm comfortable with like the pace right now. Yeah. And you're still progressing so that like, I don't know if you kept this up for two years, like just even at this like level, probably you're going to keep improving. Like you're, yeah, that's the hope trending upwards. Yeah. Like, you know, whereas like, I think I am very slowly. It's like putting away $5 for retirement. Like it's maybe, yeah, you'll get some of the benefit of like interest compounding interest, but like you'll end up with like 30 instead of $25. Like I think I need to invest at least double to see. The- yeah. I like, I will say though, so cause I think I've been doing this for about a year and a half, but I probably took like a two or three month break at some point. Um, the first year felt exponentially slower than the last like three months. And I think Hmm. it's just like you, and and I I mean, I don't think you and I are so far off in terms of skill level. I don't really know. Um, I'm just learning my, my uh, indirect and directs and trying to low and le and all that Uh, to the audience. That means maybe nothing, but no, no, no. uh, I I know what you're talking about. I feel like, like, that's the thing. I feel like the first time I was exposed to that was probably like seven months ago. And I just like, I was like, I don't know. I don't get it. Whatever. Like, and we didn't really like, I would like try, but it, it was useless. And then even in the past few months, we've just been drilling on that. And now I finally like have it, but it took me so long to like be able to, that's cool genuinely use it. And I still think like I struggle, I get it wrong a lot, but now I actually get it, get it. Whereas before I think, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, it takes, it takes me a while. So yeah. Yeah. I I mean, that's awesome though. Like you said, like you've been at this for a year and a half and it's like kind of just like it helped you when you did go to, when we went to Spain, like, uh, last year and then it's going to help you even more the next time like you're going to just notice in the times that you actually need to use it as outside of just like a learning uh environment that like how much you you benefit from having it so yeah i feel like when we were in spain also i just like i don't know i had like no confidence so i would never want to try things i'd never want to make mistakes like it was just like really uncomfortable but now i feel a bit more like uh yeah confident or just like yeah, less like nervous about it, I guess. I don't know. I, I sometimes like get really tripped up on my words when I get flustered. So mm-hmm. then when you add trying to speak another language on top of it, I just feel like I just stutter and I don't know. Like, yeah, like I can't really get words out. Um, I can totally understand that. Or yeah. like, I'll yeah, I'll try and I finally say something and then they reply back at like a rate that is like way <laughs> too <laughs> crazy for me. Yeah. yeah so, um, but I, I do feel confident that like, 
you know, we both probably have Spanish in our lives future, like in our future, you yeah. know, because of our partners, but also just in general, like go, probably we'll visit another Spanish speaking country again. And so it's yeah. like, even if it's, you know, it's not a race, it's like a five year, 10 year thing that you are like evolving yeah. this thing. Like that's going to be helpful when we're like 40, 50, like that's going to be great to have. And like, yeah. if you just keep at it. So yeah, and, I agree. I was yeah. like speaking a lot with a coworker, the other day because he is learning um a language as well and he was like mentioning to me that he's like also it's been disproven that children learn languages faster than adults and i was like that is very that is very reassuring to know now i feel better like huh yeah that's interesting because i definitely have that kind of in my head as yeah. a thing like oh if only i was six doing this you know but i think it's just that you spend your whole day as a kid in classes learning this like yeah that's why so and like I, he was explaining is like you know we like force kids to use their words, you know, when they're young and they only have so many, like they, they have to, you know what I mean? Whereas like, we just would like keep defaulting back to English. Like a lot of times, like when people are young and they're trying to just, just like use your words, use your words. And we like really force them to do it. Whereas we like often use crutches as adults or like, don't go as all in on it. So anyways, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for me. I'm going to try to like get outside some more today, go on like a little, bike ride to pick up some books and that's pretty much it yeah i might go and take a take a i don't know mental break like it's been going so hard at this that like i'm struggling to like make good decisions uh yeah. when i'm tired so i think it might make sense to take you know a light day today on on this i'm actually one thing i didn't touch on earlier is i'm i bought a piano tuning hammer recently like a okay. tuning kit um because my tuner like the person <laughs> James yeah. uh, wasn't going and doing house calls like because yeah. of, you know, COVID uh, understandably. And so I was like, I'm going to try and learn this on my own. So last night I was like watching YouTube videos. Oh, wow. Actually, I started tuning it like last week without watching any videos. <laughs> Don't recommend that. It's like <laughs> terrible idea. Uh, but yeah, now I've started like uh, now I watched some videos and I'm like, actually, you know what? I think I can do a decent job of learning this. And it goes back to like, it's going to take a long time to figure out how to do this really well. But like, yeah. I'm going to have pianos in my life for the foreseeable future, hopefully. Yeah. And so it's like over the next five years, if I can like improve at this skill, then, um, then I'm sure it'll come in handy just yeah. to be able to even tune a note here and there. So I might try and finish tuning the piano or get another little bit of it. It takes so long. You're oh, really? Like, ding ding there's like three <laughs> strings per note <laughs> count that as an official lesson ding ding <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I know nothing about tuning pianos so me neither <laughs> okay well yeah i wish you luck on that journey then thanks yeah well i guess uh with that we can uh, we can sign up sign off sign us off here Kaylin. yeah so uh if you want to find out more or just find us i guess you can find <laughs> us at <laughs> yeah there's not much more to find out you've heard it all you can yeah. find us at workpalspodcast.com or on twitter at workpals quick note on that like does anyone do that? Like, do, I don't know if anyone's ever visited our site. Like, I have no And idea. I actually don't know what they would benefit from going there. Like, Just to listen I'm to the episodes in, like, the uh, like on the, I have no idea. On the web. But if you're listening to it now, you probably know where you're going to find the website or where you're going to find the episode. Maybe so just, the Twitter just thing tweet is at helpful. us then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, yeah. 
Anyway, I probably ruined the outro. <laughs> okay. okay well, bye. Bye. <laughs>